0: Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. I am Nat hers from Faster Skier. It is late Tuesday night, and we have some serious recapping to do of a gold medal winning performance from U.S. skier Jesse Diggins in the 10K at World Championships in Planitza. There's more to talk about. We'll be back tomorrow after the 15K. Don't go away. Boulder Nordic Sport is the industry-leading resource for cross-country ski equipment, waxing, stone grinding, and hand-selected skis. Whether you're looking to tour the local park, finish your 15th Berkey in style, or aiming for the next Olympic team, Boulder Nordic Sports' passionate staff can help you find the perfect gear for your skiing experience. Visit bouldernordic.com to shop one of the biggest selections of ski gear in the country, download a digital copy of the annual BNS magazine, or sign up for one of our professional race wax services for world masters and other key races. You can also find extensive waxing instruction on the BNS YouTube channel see if the boss joins us or not yeah we need the boss because i am about to exit my quote-unquote <laughs> hotel room and uh go order a pizza while on mute as you're you know waxing poetic so um discussing yeah okay um also i'm just gonna comment here because it looks like you're distracted i uh I've been texting with my mom and uh she was looking at some uh some media from world championships including Jesse Diggins uh with the the mascot of the world championships. I don't know if you've seen this bird and uh, no, my, my mom is like what is this duck with a really bad haircut and I was like mom it's it's a heron it's like the the okay. notorious mascot of uh of world championships and she said uh she said, "That's the butt ugliest heron I ever saw." So hate to break it to you, Planitza, but uh <laughs> my mom but I think,
1: you know what, you know what though? you know, even even though Planitza got burned by Nat Hertz, uh mascots just are horrendous always. Like like, I don't know what's up with, like there's so many bad mascots. So, yeah. Yes. Have, have we have we ever oh. seen a good one? I've never seen a good one. Look who just joined us! Wow, it's great to see my my wife when her deadbeat husband is not not, not in the same house as her.
2: Hi. Can you hear me now?
0: We can hear you. This, this is goodness. this is what. This is what counts for date night in the Kershaw Stormer Sarah household. It's Zoom podcast uh, production together. I love it.
2: Pretty much. Yeah, it's like that these days for sure.
0: Um, well, I mean, Devin, I could introduce your wife, but I feel like um, you know. It. I mean, I could actually, but I feel like really this is uh, I think you it's know, probably want, well only to do this justice.
1: Nah, I'm not sure about that. I almost feel like a professional journalist should do it, but I'll, how, like, I, I don't How know how, why I'm stumbling a bit, but I'll, what I'll say is thanks to, to Kristen for joining this hodgepodge project for the evening. And we thought it'd be good to get a actual expert on the podcast for once. Although Sadie, Alex, Keegan, there's been a lot of experts throughout the throughout the years of this, but Kristen is my wife, but also was a professional cross country skier for many, many years in the Norwegian national team, winning individual medals across multiple world championships and also the Olympic games. And 10K skate was probably one of her favorite events. So thought it was fun to get Kristen to come chat with us about what happened today in the 10K skate. And it was a pretty exciting 10K skate for North America at least. So it would be fun to hear her perspective of what she saw
2: out there in Planitza. Thank you. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it was super exciting. I didn't, uh, I actually, since you were running a bit late, I got to watch uh, 15 minutes of it uh, just now. And I uh, I snuck uh, into my phone a bit on, on work, uh, in the office to, to watch some of it. And I think, Uh, you say it was uh, exciting for North America I think um, actually the whole ski community think this was uh, uh, an awesome awesome day um, uh, for cross country ski
0: yeah can I I would love to add a little bit to that because well, dude your robot
1: modus we can edit this out but i don't know
0: am i back? kind of back i think i just i think i just i think i just handed off from internet to uh to now it's better data so now it's better better now not better yeah. now it's, it's better. better yeah so i was uh i was stand- i was i was standing talking with none other but Keegan Randall's father, who's just, like, here hanging out, taking it all in. And um, and we're standing there. He's got an American flag, like, on a pole. And, like, these three, like, uh, Norwegian women, elderly Norwegian women dressed to the nines in full-on, like, Norwegian gear walked over and we're like oh my god we love jesse diggins so much and we're so happy to see someone that's not a norwegian finally win a race at uh (laughs) at world championships i mean swedes notwithstanding but i did think that was you know kind of representative of just the effusive praise and love that was being heaped on jesse diggins
1: well it was a huge 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 result for jesse and and north american skiing and like I mean, we probably could get way deep into it, but the the fact of the matter is, Norwegians win individual golds a lot, very very often. <laughs> Every championship, there's multiple winners most of the time. Uh, whereas in the U.S., in if you if you think that the first championship was in 1924 at the Winter Olympics, that's 99 years ago, and if you go with that. Fast forward to now, the US has won individual gold medal at a world championship or Olympic Games in cross-country skiing. And that was today with Jesse Dickens. So it was it was quite the it was quite the performance. And I think the way the way that she executed the race. and I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it was like and and after the team sprint when she looked so good. The the course when the conditions are a bit challenging and it's so turny, and there's th- those descents have s- you have to carry your speed through those descents if you want to deliver a good result. And no one does that better than Jesse Diggins on the women's field. And then when you're climbing the way Jesse's been climbing in the shape she's in, it was I mean, I was actually impressed that she won by 14 seconds because it's not that eva Anderson's in bad shape. I mean, we saw what happened in the pursuit, she was insane in the skate leg of the pursuit. But no one was going to match Jesse today and comes away with, yeah, the U.S.'s first ever individual gold medal at a championship. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, it was super impressive. Uh, I I totally agree with you with, uh, like, how how she did it. Uh, Like, she was so, like, kept her head cold. It looked like she had control the whole way. And then when she finished, like, she finished. It's like, yeah, uh, kind of get goosebumps just talking about it because uh, to be able to and 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 too like she prioritized so well with uh, skipping the pursuits uh, to be ready both for the uh, team sprint but I think I would imagine that uh, she had this 10k in the back of her head uh, during that as well and that takes a lot from an athlete who wants to compete and do all the races uh, of course in the championship and and I mean, she could have uh, medaled in the pursuit as well. So to kind of like give that chance away to to go all in for for gold in in this race, uh, it's um, yeah, she really really deserves uh, uh, this. It was fun.
1: I think what's really special, and she talked about it in in media interviews with Norwegian media at least, is is like Jesse was really emotional. I mean, it's emotional to win your first individual gold medal, and Jesse is just the quintessential champion like American she's so American I mean everything and I'm not I'm saying that with love not I know you're American too but like everything's bigger in the U.S. and emotions are bigger and the show is bigger and racing with makeup is going to be bigger it's like a lot of glitter on the cheeks not just like a couple things like it's everything's just like a bigger deal and you know she was really I was really impressed when she was just saying like, Hey, you know, like every year for 10 years, I pack my bags. And in November I peace out and I leave the North America and I come over to Europe or Asia or wherever she's racing. And she doesn't see her friends and family all that much. Sure. Her now husband comes and travels over once in a while to to visit her for a week or two here and there. And her family has done the same over the years, but it's pretty isolating. And when you have the goals that Jesse has, and she's been competing at a high level for a long, long time, like, her and Keegan won a gold medal at the world championships in 2013. That's a long time ago. That's 10 years ago. She was 22 and she's been doing it year after year after year. And some championships like as early as 2021 in Oberstdorf, she tried to sh- take all the shots and was racing everything. And in races that a medal was essentially a lock, like the four by 5k relay, Jesse was exhausted and couldn't finish the way she sh- we all expected her to, and the U S missed it out, missed out on a medal there. And, um, so it's been a process for her to, to get to that professionalism you're talking about. And I think this year it was also doubly difficult when they had all those struggles at the tour to ski and people were saying myself included like, Oh my God, what's going on with Jesse. I've never seen her so bad. She's losing so much time. Like it's all over. Like maybe she should think of dropping out, blah, blah, blah. And she had to answer all those questions from actual media outlets like in Norway, this was a huge, huge story. Same within Sweden. And she said she wanted to finish. They were being pretty tight lipped about the problems with COVID that, and sickness that the staff had in the U S so this the U S staff and the tour de ski was crazy. was decimated with sickness, which was costing, costing the crew hugely with, with bad skis. And, and then she made smart decisions, skipping Lavinio races. She could have won and like, Kristen was saying skipping skipping the the skiathlon to do the team sprint and then come out swinging today. I mean, it's she's grown up a lot over the last ten years and and now like all the power to her and the team. I think I think too like you had some interviews with Jason Cork, Nat, who's who's been Jesse's personal coach for a long time and people don't understand the dedication. I mean, like Kristen's had some great coaches over the years on the national team, of course, but if like. Egel Christensen or any of your coaches, Kristen saw what goes into Jason Cork coaching Jesse, they would just shake their head and be like, this is bananas. Like, this is insane. I'm not going to leave my family for five months straight all winter and then leave my family all summer to be hanging out in a small town in Vermont so I can see her train and Follow so closely for not just a year, two years, three years, a quadrennial, but for like ten years plus. It's the dedication is insane. So it's not this 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 medal didn't come cheap. But what do you think, Kristen? Like like maybe there's just not much more to say. But I think it was like a beautiful performance, and that goes without saying. But I think there's just so much behind it. And Jesse does everything with a smile and is Mrs. Positivity and tries to put a positive spin on everything. But we saw some like real emotion when she was being brutally honest saying like, yeah, it was amazing to win. This is crazy, but it's also so difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's,
2: that's for sure. And, and uh, like, I've, I've uh, learned this a lot through, through you and your team uh, when, when we were both athletes uh, about the the traveling and, and I think uh, a lot of people, uh, doesn't understand but i think also in the ski community now it's like uh other nations like europeans are really really impressed and and i've heard a lot of uh, athletes saying like i'm i'm not sure i would be able to do that um if if the world cup circuit was uh, in north america and just leave for all those months and and like jesse says today like uh, like i really wish i could share this with my husband and uh, and family and and then it's just a zoom call or or um uh so so i i totally get that is it's hard but i also want to say um i i just saw an interview with the uh, math with Camp and like just how like they are a family and i remember that from your team it's like how well everyone takes care of each other and and really travels around as a, a big family and um Helping each other out, and it seems like the American team. And uh, of course, I know the women's team better, but it seems like they have really good things going. Uh, and also with the the whole staff and and coach team. And and then I was really happy to see that they cheered with some Norwegian occupant in the <laughs> in the in the wax truck there. So. <laughs> so we had a part of it too of the celebration at least
1: no but it was it was like yeah no it is it is crazy I I Matt Matt Wickholm, Jason Cork and and the whole staff I mean Chris Grover everybody yeah. it's been a long time coming and they've worked so hard and have been very close to that when I was an active athlete and then also now I'm not an active athlete anymore but still keep in touch with those guys and and saw where they came from it's it's incredible and it is really really special when you've come from where they've came from when it was 2002 or the year 2000 and you know maybe nina kempel from alaska was coming top 30 and that was a big result for the women and then that that was kind of it and then fast forward 20 plus years and you have a an american woman that has won the tour to She's won the overall World Cup. She's won individual medals both at the World Championships and the Olympic Games. She's won gold medals in team events at the Olympic Games in the World Championships, and now today wins gold in, in individually. And I, I was going to ask you, Kristen, like, I'm pretty old school, and I think now that there's been so many changes in cross-country skiing over the years, like, what does it mean to be able to win an individual start like to me I, it's just the most cross-country race we got going right now in the whole oh, yeah. calendar. and I, I, I thought it was super totally exciting agree. but just yeah. winning the 10k individual there's it's not waiting for a sprint it's not like you have to do it alone and that moved me even more but what i want to hear your perspective on that yeah
2: i i, I agree I, I think and i think most athletes actually still does uh even though we're we're getting old, and uh, back in the day, so there was uh, only one way of skiing. Uh, at least when we started. Um, so I, I guess we have even more history and emotions around that. But I think uh, uh, most skiers also today like find that individual start like the highest ranked um, um, event because of what you say. You have to do it all by yourself. It's uh, it's tactical, but it's uh, it's your tactic. You can't know what everyone else is doing. And you're like, just remember that feeling where you're so excited about the first split and the second split, it's like, because you don't know, you don't know what the uh, skiers around you are doing. Um, so um, I think it's, uh, I-, I think it's by far the most exciting race and and also what's like hanging there highest to to win for for the athletes uh, as well and, and and with that i agree with you what you're saying it's um it was like super exciting race it was close it was tight and and also like so many nations top 10 like some uh, like italian girl and uh, and um, and french and it's um i, I think yeah, we, women's skiing. I know you've been talking about this in your podcast before, but women's skiing this year has been really fun to follow.
0: I'm uh, I'm really flattered to hear that uh Kristen Stormer Styra is, is listening to the Devin Kershaw podcast. That's my that's my big takeaway from this. Um a couple a couple other yeah observations that I would make. I mean, Devin kind of picking up from what you were talking about, like about the tour to ski and everything that was going on there with, with Jesse. I mean, I think that like um, it's been like somewhat of a new phenomenon that like, there are these expectations on American skiers and that like, there is actual pressure. And I talked a little bit about that with Jesse today. Um, There's a police van going by, (laughs) but uh, you know, she, it was interesting because I think on the one hand, um, you know, she's not on the cover of sports illustrated this month. I'm literally the only reporter from all of North America that is present, like in Slovenia for these world championships, which is insane. Um, I, I, I will say like they, there's still been like a media blackout for Jesse. So that's been a little bit difficult to work around, but like, nonetheless, none of that's here but I think at the same time like the the internal pressure that like Jesse is putting on herself and that the team had for this race like you know when I talked to the coaches they were also saying like this was a date in a race like honestly they'd circled like in red for months right like this was the race and I think you know knowing that Jesse is one you know has been on the podium in this race all year and that like this course suits her really well like I think, I don't know, it just seemed like there was a level of, like, pressure and awareness of, like, what was at stake and what could be lost if they messed up the skis or messed up the wax or anything else today that, you know, is not something that necessarily these, these guys are used to. It's like, I think in the past, yeah, they could win a medal on a good day as opposed to, like they should win a medal is like a very different position to find yourself in. So I I don't know. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: I wanted to ask Kristen, the perspective on uh, that right there, because Kristen in 2014, in the 30K skate, there was an expectation that not just one Norwegian was going to win a medal, but multiple. And you guys swept the podium uh, in that race, but at the championships, there's, there is an expectation every single time in your era, Kristen, that a Norwegian woman was going to win. And what I've always been impressed with the Norwegian staff, and I see that the American staff kind of does it the same too. And, and you, you sent me a text of like an audio file of Jason Cork trying to pretend that this is just like any other world cup race. And, you know, Jesse's been so strong all year. So really like, yeah, you, you know, we, we expected good things, but it was like, we had low shoulders cause you know, she's good at 10 K skates and she's one of the best in the world. But I think a lot comes to the behind the scenes work of the staff to create an environment and the athletes talking about it. Like Kristen, I know you guys were nervous and Marit would be super nervous. We talked about that. It would crack me up. Like how is the best skier in the world nervous when she can go zone three and win, but that's just the normal physiological response mm-hmm. to, to something that means something, but the staff, is does an incredible job to create an environment of like kind of lowering the pressure in, in a good way or keeping it fun. I don't know, Kristen, maybe you can talk a bit about that, how important that is.
2: Oh yeah. It's uh, I think, uh, I think one of the most important stuff around uh, uh, a championship or uh, like a big race is, um, is the, the wax techs and uh, to me and my teammates said like that was really important Um, not only because we were so nervous most of the time so they did most of the testing and almost like just like you just go for these uh, pairs of skis but also just like having fun giving you a smile giving you a hug uh, like you can do this Um, uh, I think those are so important and uh, often Maybe uh forgotten a bit. It's like when it when you have good skis and the team have good skis, it's uh, you hear nothing but if the skis are a bit bad or it's difficult, it's like they get <laughs> the full blame and uh, for them to be able to to keep going uh, into that wax truck like 12, 14, 16 hours uh, a day during a championship and not only wax the skis but also be that person like that's the last person you see before you go to start and to have that connection and like it could be just a eye contact or like something but uh, or a sentence but I think those are so important to keep that pressure low and just like yeah this is just another race you know exactly what to do but at the same time it builds up so much, and the media presence, like here in Norway, is crazy um, for the championships, and and it's expectations mostly from yourself, but also from the surroundings. So um, to have that uh, support around you, and yeah, I would highlight the the wax text uh, for that importance just before a big race. I think that has that means a lot.
1: I also think like we've just talked, like we just burned like 15, 20 minutes on Diggins, as we should, because it's not every Native American wins an individual gold in the way she did it. But like we've alluded to before, like the race has been so exciting today. And I thought like, again, Frida Carlson skied an amazing race and was looking so strong. And Ebba Anderson was one dominantly in the skiathlon. And it's not like she had a bad day today. Like She was looking super strong on the climbing sections. And sure, maybe she was missing a little bit on the flats, especially definitely compared to Diggins, but also compared to Frida, which I was a little surprised with. But Ebba had a great race. And I think that's the other fun thing about this podium is, of course, these are the three best women in the 10K skate all year. Um, I mean, you know, Ingvald. Got herself in there at altitude and stuff, and I, I Ingfeld had a great race today too, being being fifth. I mean, I'm sure that's not what she wanted to finish, but given what she went through over the last few years, having not been able to race much and dealing with a lot of different stress fractures and problems, I thought fifth place was an improvement over the skiathlon. She's moving in the right direction, but the Swedes delivered like great performances as as well, and and as Kristen alluded to. How much fun was it that you had seven nations in the top ten, a couple Norwegians fourth and fifth, amazing for um for Calvo, of course, like to be fourth, I know it's so hard she's been heartbreakingly fourth in a couple races this year, but you've gotta just rewind the clock three years ago, and Anna Annaschersty was nowhere near this level, and now she's w- absolutely unequivocally one of the best in the world and skied a beautiful race and um uh, or Francesca, Franci, uh, Franchi, Sixth place, 25 year old Italian skier, and how excited she was, and happy she was, and how what a great race delivery she did. I, this this race had so many different storylines, and then of course it's it's tough. I mean, like my heart broke for Rosie Brennan when her ski exploded and she crashed at the horrendous time in the skiathlon, ruining her chances then there's sure disappointment because Julia Kearns had such a wonderful season and, and got the nod for the team sprint. That's hard to handle. And I was hoping that Rosie could, could have came out today and bounced back in an event that suits her really well, 10 K skate. And instead, and instead she had one of her worst performances of the last few seasons in a 10 K skate. And that's, that's the beauty and the curse of high, high level sport. And Kristen's been on that side of it. I've been on that side of it. And, you know, you're seeing the praises for for Jesse Diggins who just made history. But my 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 heart goes out to to, to Rosie as well. That that for the U.S. had big expectations and just it, it just didn't it just didn't happen. And and that's that's part of life. That's part of sport. But that that's not easy, as Kristen can talk about too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's just it's so like it's so short between like at least like a decent good race and. And horrible uh, at that level. It's like if you if you don't have your best day, uh, you're back there, uh, and uh, and that's how it is. And for OC today, I, I saw that too. Like she she really tried from the start. She was in there for the first couple cases, and then yeah, she just it wasn't her day. Um, and um, and of course, then it's it's just like you're so happy for your teammates that won. And then you're so bummed for your own performance. Uh, but I, I hope she can put this behind her. And I think the US can still have like uh, a really exciting uh, relay on Thursday. Um, so I think for now, she just needs to kind of like forget about this day and and look forward and, and uh, try to get some of that energy from the team. Uh, of the win
1: today, yeah. No, that's yeah a really, we, I'm sorry, Nat, but that's a really good point with the relay because we've been talking about that for months and months here on this, whatever this is, <laughs> about the women's relay. And now, ah, uh, not they don't need pressure or anything. It's more coming from a place of excitement. But it it this could be it. Like this could be the year. Like this was the year that Jesse Diggins won an individual gold and like Kristen alluded to with Julia skiing well, although she also had a tough day today in, in an event that suits her pretty well. Um, but still this could be the year that the U S gets a medal in the, in the women's relay at the, at the big show. And how exciting would that be? So one other thing too, it's since yeah. that's still on mute, but I, I can just go like, I just want to give a shout out to like Catherine Stewart Jones, she crashed hard and and ruined a race in the skiathlon. She was all mixed up in a lot of those big crashes. And today she was 27th. And I know that's not where she wants to be. But again, I just wanted to give it like a little shout out to the fact that like 10K skate individual start is not Catherine stewart Jones's from Canada's favorite race. It's actually like her least favorite race. And she's made such big strides this season in the individual start skate races, especially in Davos, where it was a 20K skate, different course high altitude but um Catherine's had just such a wonderful season as well and I hope that she can put a a race like this not just behind her but but also see where she's came from and know that like okay 30k classic it's coming up uh next weekend which is a great race for Catherine and the Canadian squad and they delivered such a beautiful team sprint I'm still not quite over that from the other day when they were fourth and the way Graham Ritchie was anchoring that team was just lights out so while maybe the results from the Canadian side of things weren't exactly what they were hoping for. Uh, I, I didn't think it was all that dark, honestly. And, and Jasmine Lyon and- the young Canadian too, she tried, which was really fun and, uh, was looking pretty good in the first 5k and then the wheels came off, but that's how you learn. And I think that's also exciting. I like to see young athletes, that are a little inexperienced, like really, really try instead of sitting on the back foot and like trying to do things cute or trying to be conservative. Like you don't learn as much when you do it that way. So Jasmine, the way you skied was was, was
0: great. And Katherine Stewart-Jones actually like, I don't know if you caught that she really like the way she threw down that 27th place was like, she did not, it did not look like she had a great start. And then who skis up from 30 seconds behind her, I think, it was 30 seconds, maybe it was a minute, but uh, Jonas Sundling. And I think from like 2 or 3K into that 10 kilometers, she raced all the way to the finish line with Jonas Sundling, which was pretty impressive based on how Jonas Sundling's been skiing. Um, just going back to to Rosie Brennan, I mean, we heard a little bit from the coaches about their hopes for the relay today being, you know, Rush is not here. This is a really good shot for them to get the first ever medal. Um, And, you know, Rosie, like, she was obviously, that was brutal, I think it was just a brutal race today, but she also, like, I don't know, she was super pro coming through the mix zone and, like, really was kind of reflective in, like, the exact same way that we've kind of been talking about, really, just, there was a lot of discussion about, like, how do you process a day as tough as this on a day that's also as like much of a triumph as it is for the U.S. team? And she was kind of like, this is what sport is all about. And kind of saying that she, that's why she's here is to experience those kinds of highs and lows. And I don't know. I mean, it, it just was, it was tough to watch to, to see her go out that hard. And I mean, I think it was awesome. Like she clearly was racing for the win and just for whatever reason, didn't have it today which is um which is kind of a bummer but that's the that's the way it is
1: that is the way it is and and Kristen can talk about that I was there in in Sochi which was like such a huge huge championship for for Kristen winning finally an individual olympic medal in the 30k skate in, in Sochi but I was also there in the first race which was arguably your best event at like you were such a good pursuit skier and you put out your like no question worst ski you've ever done in your whole career at the olympic games and then had to wait till you got another chance so it can be done and rosie can turn it around and there's no reason why she can't have just a lights out relay and a fantastic 30k classic to, to end this whole thing so it's important to just try and put like kristen was saying just put these performances behind you you go out there you do your best sometimes it works and and also like kristen just said that the the, um, the margins are so razor thin that the yeah it's it's not easy
2: no for sure and and like i i think the most important to probably for her as it was for me too was just to believe like or or not to believe that uh, she's not in shape. Like just like this hap- this happens and it's a bad day and you can still do it because that's the that's the thoughts that's uh, coming and and they're brutal. It's like okay this is it. I'm like I lost my shape or I'm out of shape or I didn't do this right or. So it's just a lot of thoughts coming in to after a bad race like that, and and just like give it tomorrow, and then then hopefully uh, just prove otherwise on Thursday.
0: It's I just gotta throw out there, and I am a a cynic and professional skeptic. Um, the does it, I feel like the decisions that we have seen the U.S. team make over the course of this championships, like as far as who's starting what race, who's not starting what race, I, like, you know, I don't know. I it's <laughs> I know we've done a lot of like peanut gallerying in this podcast, but I feel like, man, so far the decisions they have made have really been borne out. I, one One thing that I'm really interested to see is like, who is going to get the nod uh, in this relay event, because they've got, you know, a number of really qualified folks, some folks who are skiing well, some folks who are not skiing well. And like, it's a it's a complicated, it's like a complicated math problem, because it's not just four women, it's like two classic and two skate legs, people with different strengths. People who have been who've had different opportunities to show those strengths here. Like, man, Sydney Palmer Leisure had like a really uh solid race in the, the skiathlon the other day. So I mean, I can only I can only imagine the the spreadsheets on spreadsheets, um binders full of, of women that the US team has uh going on for Thursday. I say like binders we full of women. In,
1: yeah, in, no, in, but in, like we yeah. talked about, Nat, but like we talked about as well with the team sprint, like what it also is so fantastic to think in 20 years we have this problem. This is the best problem ever to have. This is the problem Kristen lived with every single day of her entire Norwegian racing career at the, at the Norwegian national team. And this is a problem I never once lived with on the Canadian team in my whole career. So this speaks volumes to the program that they've put together and the depth of the program they have. And I think like we saw in the team sprint, if Rosie would have done the team sprint in good shape, they, the way Jesse was skiing, they would have probably ended up on the podium no matter what second, third, whatever, but they were going to be top three. Uh, the way Julius had such a fantastic season, she was obviously the right call for the team sprint. Like she skied a great, she skied a great team sprint, keeping them in contention like she did uh skiing second as well like more maybe a bit more pressure in some ways with the anchor leg and and i i I don't know so i think it's a it's a great problem to have and i'm just so looking forward to it and i also think too i think those near misses also help honestly especially maybe with the bigger stars like with the jessies and the rosies like their shoulders are going to be a a little lower than they were in at the olympics uh, in oberstorf in, in in Seyfeld where there was some, Oh, they can do it. They can do it now they've been through this so many times. And like Kristen said, as long as Rosie keeps believing that she is in good shape, which she is, um, then having those veterans on the team makes a huge, huge difference. So I think it's gonna be super exciting. I think, um, yeah, no, there's the, the women's, the women's racing this year has just been awesome. I mean, I've loved the whole season on the world cup for women's racing every race has great storylines i think watching it is really fun i like seeing how the women are trying like you like we saw today like some athletes just going for it and exploding but you've lots of different diversity with nations in the top um you have champions like ebba like finally getting the chance with today's retiring to to win because you know she had she had that coming from sweden which is tough like questions questions and questions like are you ever gonna win like you're always second or third like are you ever gonna win and finally like not just winning world cups winning the world championships jesse diggins making history for the u.s frida carlson who is just a phenomenal ski racer when it matters most Uh, we saw that at the tour to ski and we're seeing that here. Now she has two silver medals and it's not about the hardware. It's about the way she's skiing and the way, the way she's delivering these performances. She's come to this championship in fantastic shape and that's really cool. And she's been doing that since she's been a junior, like this is crazy. So, so many great storylines from, from the women's side of things. And and tomorrow we'll have a 15 K skate for the men. And, uh, we'll just kind of have to see how exciting that is. But that said, excitement or not, the way Kruger was skiing in the skiathlon was some of the most beautiful skate skiing and challenging conditions maybe I've ever seen. And you get, we finally get to see hans Christer Holland try to f- defend his 15 kilometer individual start gold medal. You have the young Norwegian Harald Amundsen Poroma, who knows maybe Poroma could put together a good race for Sweden and try and break up the Norwegian party. Although I think that's going to be impossible. And what kind of, what kind of races Klebo going to have, you know, coming off finally, an individual medal in the, in, in a 10 K skate, but still he, he, he's pretty thin on individual podiums in individual skate races. So it'll be fun to see what kind of Claybo shows up. So there'll be some excitement in the men's side too, but I think today was, I don't know. It's going to be hard for, for me to top, not just cause Jesse won, but also just when you have the three heavy hitters deliver like they did. And, and also it, it was just a fantastic race to watch.
0: I, uh, yeah, I I kind of like if it's not a Norwegian sweep of the podium tomorrow, um, I will eat this half baguette that's been sitting uh, on a chair next to my bed for the past uh, four days, along with those half empty cans of non-alcoholic beer and re- be, be reminded that uh, Norway gets five starting spots tomorrow because they really needed an extra because, uh, you know, normally, normally uh, nations get four starts at world championships, but if you're the defending champion, uh, you get an extra bib, which actually is kind of cool to think that in uh, two years in in Trondheim, the Americans will be able to race uh five women um i did want to just tell one other quick story because i was i was maybe trying to report this for a written story but i think it's it's not going to happen which was i i just wanted to uh give a shout out to the german team i don't know if anyone saw this on social media but um the other night they had like a little like a party slash celebration we're not talking like full-on french wax trailer rager but they had like Mm -hmm. cake and candles uh to celebrate fourth places uh Katharina Hennig was fourth in the pursuit, which was truly a, a standout result for her, given that you know she's a much stronger classic skier. And then they also got fourth in the team sprint, uh you know, behind US, Norway, and and Sweden. And I was just like, who celebrates? like who at a major championship celebrates? fourth places and they were like posting videos of this and i just thought it was awesome and so i talked a little bit to peter schlickenreeder who's kind of like the you know matt wickham good spirited dude of of the german team he's he's the head german coach and uh i mean you know i don't know it's not that crazy of a story because i think basically the bottom line was like fourth place for them was like really you know, those are really solid results for the German team, which hasn't exactly been like racking up podiums. But I don't know, still at the same time, it's like, you know, 90 percent of people get fourth place at world championships and they, you know, want to go stand in the shower for the next 24 hours. So I, I just I thought that was kind of fun. And. Um,
1: yeah, it yeah. is. But I think Kristen can talk about that because, I mean, I've been fourth a lot. <laughs> The Olympics, at World Championships, countless World Cups, Tour de to Ski, but Kristen also has even more fourth places than me. But I think I think it's really, really cool for teams to do that when it's a fourth place that was almost unexpected or, or not unexpected, but there was like a standout performance. Because getting athletes to remember that it's about the process and we're on a journey and just because you're fourth today doesn't mean you'll be fourth next year or the year after like but it's easier to come first if you've been fourth a bunch than to be toiling away in 37th and then hoping that you'll hit the podium like that's very unrealistic so I think I think any chance you can get as a team to celebrate the process and especially improvement even marginal improvement I think that's that's really good for team cohesiveness and, and building a culture within a team. And uh, so it's, it's actually pretty cool that they, they have the wherewithal to do that, to just take a breather, take a deep breath and be like, for sure, you're disappointed when you get a wooden medal, but if you've never been top 10 or if you haven't been in the top or you weren't expecting races like that, let's just take a moment and say, Hey, we're still one of the best teams in the world. I know Germans, the Germans won the teams from in the Olympics last year. So fourth might sound like a, like, um, Regression, but they There were different racers. It was a different technique, and um, I, I think it's cool that the Schlicken riders and the and the German staff are taking a moment to to say, "Hey, we're getting better, and we're we're on our way."
0: I tried to find out what the name of the cake was, what kind of cake it was, but it was some German word that I didn't understand. So apologies to the <laughs> list.
2: Sache torte, probably. <laughs> 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 Um, well,
0: oh, I uh... oh sorry. Well, I think we can wrap this this puppy up. Great day. Yeah, I was just going. I was just going to apologize for my technical difficulties and um, you know simultaneous pizza ordering, but. You know, podcasts don't make themselves. They run on. Uh, they run on this program over here. So um, <laughs> I feel like you guys are seeing way too much of the interior of my life right now, but it's the way it is. So um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow after the 15k. Uh, Kristen, thank you so much Oops. for joining us.
2: That was fun. Enjoy Planeta.
0: Oh, I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Catch you guys bye. later.
1: Enjoy your dinner. Matt. We'll talk tomorrow.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for sticking with us, we'll be back.